Andrew Clark is the DevOps product manager for ARCAD software. And he has been working on the IBMI platform for more than 30 years, beginning with the secret Mankato project on a pre-release version of OS 400. And also an internship at IBM Rochester working on the IBM query team. He has developed expertise in more than a dozen languages on multiple platforms, as well as a background in green screen, window, mobile, and web development. His major responsibilities included coordinating developers from four different offices and three different continents while still maintaining architect responsibilities. And Andrew finally is proficient at everything DB2 SQL on IBMI and has extensive experience in the entire DevOps lifecycle. So he's, uh, in my view, very well qualified to, uh, to be talking about Merlin and in fact was instrumental in the, I'm gonna say the rollout perhaps or the development, you, you'll describe that better for us, but in, you had, you had a, a real big hand in the, in the, uh, the pre-release or pre-announce. So I'm going to stop my share. We now have the screen here. And with that, I'm going to um, start with a question for Andrew, and then I'm going to turn this turn the screen over to him. Okay. And I should I should say I, I do really need to update that bio. That's a little long and rambling, but uh, but I appreciate the kind words. That was very nice. Well, by by you saying that, you're being even kinder because what, what you really meant was I was long and rambling. Which is, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. I I submitted the bio, and it, it cer certainly needs to be shortened up a little bit. So okay. All right, that's fine. It, it, it worked out well. Anyway, so Andrew, welcome to our meeting today. Thank you. As you can see, there's a high level of interest here. We have uh, quite a quite a crowd here. You know, Merlin is a is a, a heck of a name. You know, I mean, Merlin is the abbreviated name. You know, for, yes, modern, for lifecycle integration. What does that What does that even mean to you? From from the from, at first blush, what 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 do you, what should somebody take away from that? What what does that mean? Well, I think, I mean, I think the whole concept is uh, wizard of wizards, right? That's, that's the idea is that it's a, it's a, it's a magical solution to bring together some of this terminology and some of these difficult concepts that people might not completely understand. Um, you know, they, uh, as Tim Rowe has said a number of times, it's got to get away from the, the naming police. So they wanted to call it Merlin, but they had to come up with an acronym to, to get it uh, through the IBM approval process. So I think the whole the whole concept is just basically, hey, here's this semi magical thing, and uh, it will help you on this journey um, to next gen apps, which is a huge push for the IBM team. And if you were at Common, especially, you would you would hear that message over and over again. And I and you know this is kind of a, a central pivot point of that uh, of that methodology. So the um, thank you for that. Thank you for that, um, Andrew. You know, uh, one thing I try so hard. To, uh, to, to do, or I should almost say not to do, is have our guests share slides, PowerPoints, because I want this to be more conversational and certainly less formal than a traditional session. In this particular case, however, I think we need to break, break that mold a little bit because there's so much to describe here. And earlier, Andrew and I did go over just a couple of slides, and I think it's really critical just to show them to give you some quick background on what Merlin actually is. So when we go to the live demonstration, 
it will, I think it'll, it'll help glue it all together. So I'm going to ask Andrew now to share his screen and okay. he'll start with, um, he'll start with showing a couple, just a couple of slides just to get us to help us give us some, some context here. So okay. Andrew, Andrew, the floor is yours. Thank you. All right. Can you see my screen? Okay. Yes. All right. So here, here we're going to go. So this, this I've kind of borrowed some of the slides from um, from the IBM team. Um, obviously, the logo and some of the some of the handiwork. So you guys will have probably seen a few of these slides. So this is this is nine slides. It's a single digit. You can count them on two hands. I'm going to be very quick since we're trying to stay away from the the slide part of the presentation. But basically, the the whole point is is that why why are we doing Merlin, right? I mean, what's driving IBM into this um, into this new methodology? And the the thing really is is I think it's summed up by this slide pretty well. Um, you know, these are the four client challenges. These are the four key challenges. Essentially, we have this technology; it works great, but we have other pieces of our platform, you know, other parts of our enterprise that don't fit into the methodology that we're using in IBMI. So what do we do? Um, suffering from a shortage of people skills, right? How do I hire new people, right? And, and are the skills on IBMI the same as the skills on some of the open source platforms? Um, they need to be agile, right? Or we got to move away from the waterfall methodology. And you got to, you eventually have to hire some new people, right? You have to bring in young talent and they don't understand some of this technology. They don't understand some of the things that are going on with the platform and, and how to use the tool. So, so what, what do we do to, to make this happen? So, right. So this is, this is the slide that Steve will has presented that um, Tim Rowe has presented, right? These are attributes of IBM I next gen apps. That's what they're calling it. Next gen apps. Um, this, this is really, how do we move from where we are today to where we need to be to keep people on the platform? And I think, I think the messaging at common was, was really unique in that, even though they're presenting this new product, Merlin, really the mindset about getting into DevOps, being agile and having this, this new next-gen apps, right? They kept using that word over and over again is, is the biggest part of this whole presentation. And this is kind of, you know, this is, this, is the, this is the overview, right? So you can take your existing core logic that's running today and you can use your existing DB2 logic that you've got today, all your great database and, um, and put no, new interfaces on top of it, right? And put it to the cloud. You can have graphical interfaces. You can have web APIs. You can have mobile, everything. So to get you there, um, Arcad, well, the company that I work from, has been doing DevOps. Obviously, DevOps is a major part of this next-gen applications, right? It's a, it's a way to move quickly um, to, to get away from the waterfall methodology and, uh, and get into this DevOps methodology, which is all about automation, automating test cases, automating um, deployments, automating um, you know, test environments and, and production environments. So we've set up a bunch of solutions out there in the marketplace with, with customers. Uh, we've been doing this for about um, almost 10 years now. And this is just kind of a common framework, right? We've got kind of Jenkins in the middle kind of orchestrating. We've got a Git repository over here that, that could have an IBMI repository, could have open, um, open repository at the same time. And then we've got some tooling in here and, and it deploys to, to some test instances, some staging instances, some production instances. And the concept with Merlin is basically that all that stuff in the middle, if I kind of toggle back and forth, you can see all that stuff in the middle is kind of replaced by the big blue box, which is IBM I Merlin, right? And so what that kind of gives you is instead of kind of 
um, plug and play or pull in pieces from a bunch of different places, you can have this one thing that sets up this environment and kind of sets the stage for moving into this next gen application environment. So kind of behind the scenes people, right? So you've seen all this stuff before. This was stuff at Common if you were there, but kind of behind the scenes, you may not have seen this before. So what's going on behind the scenes is there is this OpenShift container platform. This is a key element. This is Red Hat, okay? So this is IBM and the Red Hat thing and they're pushing the OpenShift container platform, OCP. You're gonna hear this over and over again, so learn it, love it. But that's gonna be a key point to a lot of this integration. You're gonna be hearing all about containers and containerization and um, OpenShift container platform is basically a, um, a dumbed down or an easy to use shell to Docker and Kubernetes, if you've heard, heard those terms. So Red Hat has this real nice environment, even before the acquisition of IBM of Red Hat, OpenShift is probably their, their linchpin of the entire Red Hat enterprise. Um, lots of companies use it, enterprise companies use it. It's, it's got great power and functionality. So what they're doing is they're using the, the container part of OpenShift to hold these pieces inside of them. So there's this Merlin engine up here, which has, I, I call it a workbench. I don't know why they call it the, the engine. It's the workbench, I'll show that to you. And it has kind of this, uh, it's got a built-in Jenkins server and then other containers, other pods will have the IDEs, which I'm gonna be showing you, right? One IDE workspace for every person. And this is Che, which is a workspace, right? So that's a, that's a, it's an it's an open source project, Che, and it um, allows you to do workspaces in the web. You don't download the workspaces locally. You have a workspace that sits there out in the cloud in the web somewhere in a container. Um, and then inside of that is Thea, which is the IDE. So Thea is basically like. VS Code, Visual Studio Code running inside of a browser, right? So all of this piece is kind of that browser-based IDE piece that I'm gonna show you today. And then let's not forget, sitting out on the IBM I are all the server pieces. So, so this big purple arrow here, right here, basically what happens is when you buy uh, Merlin, you run an Ansible playbook from, from OpenShift that deploys everything and sets everything up. It creates all the, you know, they've got some documentation, you've got to walk through some steps, it deploys everything. And magically you've got these things sitting on the IBM I running in the, in the admin five Liberty server, which is the same thing that Navigator lives in, right? So you've got some REST APIs that are sitting out there, some servers, but it, and it still uses some things like rsync and it uses the IFS file system, right? So all that stuff. Key point here is there's only two ports that are that are used anymore. So there's HTTP and there's SSH and that's it. And like in the RDI days, you had to have your data queue server, you had to have your remote command server, right? All these things had to be activated. You had to have these ports open. They're really trying to move to, the, to an interface where you have two ports open, right? So SSH and HTTP only. And then this is kind of gives you an overview of how this might look in your environment. You might have something like a public cloud, or you might actually be using um, private cloud. So public cloud would be something like IBM cloud, 
um, because they, they already have the OpenShift environment there. So inside of IBM Cloud, you can just check a little box and say, give me an OpenShift environment. Mm -hmm. and it'll spin it up for you, right? And then, um, and then, but you can also do this on-prem, right? So, and all of this stuff can run on power. OpenShift can run on power, but it doesn't have to. It can run on x86. So you can have everything on-prem if you want to, right? Everything can run inside of it. You can even have your Git bucket and Jenkins instance all running on power, all sitting within your box. So those are just some, some common scenarios that, that you might um, see. And it kind of gives you an overview of, of what you're going to see there out in the world. So, and that's that's the end. So that was that was a very quick slide presentation just to kind of give you an overview of what I'm going to show. Can I interrupt, uh, Andrew? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm already getting some questions here. So, sure. um, I mean, this is a big chew, obviously, and, and you show yes. us a lot of information <laughs> in a short amount of time. Um, so some basic questions that, that have already popped up to me, and one of them is, so with all, with all of this, we're still connecting to our own IBMI system, of course, Correct. right? Yes, yeah. right. So your IBMI is sitting out here. This is, this is, um, this is, in this scenario, this would be your development IBMI, right? But you can also deploy to other um, IBMIs if you have like tester production systems as well. So, and in many, and in many scenarios for many customers, they're all the same box, but yes, correct. There is still, you're still, you're setting up this OpenShift container platform. And like I said, that can run on your power box, not inside of IBMI though, right? So it'll run on power, but you gotta have a separate partition that's running Linux um, that, that you can install it on, or you can run it on OpenShift on x86. You know, you could have a separate server or like in IBM Cloud, you would just say, spin me up an OpenShift instance. Right, so it's important to remember that uh, when you, when you actually get Merlin, you're not getting access to an IBMI. That's still your own, your own system. Correct. Correct. Yes. So, right. Okay. So, so just like with RDI, like you would connect to your development system. So this stuff down on the bottom, this doesn't change. This would be the same. Right. And in fact, we should emphasize that if you use Merlin, you can continue to use RDI or I mean, I Tim would kill me, but SEU or whatever. Right. I mean, you could use any, any, hook into your source extensions and your build process that you have today. And you can also use Merlin to do that same stuff. Right, so I could, so RDI um, is, is an IDE and unto itself, but when you're running RDI, that has to run locally on your machine, on my, on my desktop or laptop. On your where, desktop. Where, right, so whereas this is running in an independent environment and it's all browser-based. And it's all browser-based. And the big advantage to this environment, obviously, is if you have a large number of developers um, that all have RDI installed locally, um, updating and maintaining those instances can be problematic um, for bigger companies with lots of developers, especially when everyone is working from home these days, that's extremely problematic. So this takes care of that problem. This also solves the problem of people having a copy of, the, of, the, of your company's source code sitting on their laptop which a lot of companies would not allow from an audit perspective. So a lot of companies would stop an RDI kind of environment specifically for that reason, because they would not allow the Git source to be on someone's laptop. Here, the source is actually in the OpenShift environment. It's never downloaded locally. You never download anything. And also the advantage there is that you don't have to, you know, eat up a bunch of memory on, on your laptop, right? You can, you can save that for other stuff, right? So you've got, you've got your, 
basically just running the browser and then everything else is, is virtual running inside of the, um, inside of the OpenShift platform. So a new developer on the team means sending them a URL and they're on their way. Correct. Yep. That's what it is. Yep. Uh, somebody just posted another question and the question is, uh, must I be on 7.5 to use Merlin or does it, is there compatibility with other releases? 7.4 seven, and 7.5 are officially supported. Okay. There you go. Okay. That's uh, let's, let's go forward, please. Okay. All right. So, so, um, so I'm going to go ahead and kind of show you the, I guess I should probably log out here, just kind of show you the, the beginning screen. So this is the, um, this is the Merlin engine. This is the workbench. This is the initial kind of sign in screen, your home, if you will, for Merlin that shows you the, um, the different pieces of the product. So you've got kind of the overview dashboard projects and tools here. This is all kind of the same stuff. Basically what this is showing me is that I have the, um, the CICD environment, which we're not gonna talk about extensively, but this is the, the Jenkins piece that we talked about earlier. And we also have the, um, the developer piece that I, that I am gonna go into and, and show some more. So this is basically ways to configure the different tools to, to um, create a catalog and deploy them. Connections, right, we've gone into this. This sets up the, the um, inventory. This is basically your IBMIs and your Jenkins, your credentials, each of your users, right? And then the templates kind of link them together. They, that creates the link between your inventory, your IBMI, and your credentials, which is your user profile typically. And also the credential stores things like your password or if you're using SSH, um, private keys. Um, and a lot of the, the, the rest of the stuff is, is not really end user. This is administration kind of stuff that you go through from here. So essentially what you do is from here, from your deployed tools or from your catalog, you can just kind of, you know, launch the application or view some details, right? This shows you a nice overview. And I've already launched the, the IDE in the browser just to, just to save some, some startup. So, um, if you're familiar with, I, I I'm going to, I'm going to, go full screen here. This is Firefox that I'm running in. Okay. And you can see kind of the markup here. So I'm just, do, I'm just going to full screen F11, right? So that's, that's all I'm doing. This is, this is a browser. Remember I'm running this within my browser connected to, and this is actually an OpenShift container that's in France, in um, Montpellier, France, um, that I'm communicating with. So, so network issues are sometimes an issue here, but, but regardless, the whole point is, is that the, the, the power, the server doesn't have to be anywhere close to where you're actually working. I'm in just outside of Chicago. Um, <clears throat> so this is, this is kind of the, the um, this is the FIA interface. And if you're familiar with Visual Studio Code, with VS Code, it is literally keystroke compatible with VS Code. So everything that you're familiar with, some of the terms, even the graphics look exactly the same. This is essentially the OpenShift version of VS Code running inside of your browser. VS Code does not run inside your browser. You know, you think that it does, but it doesn't. It runs on your desktop. So you have to download it and run it just like RDI. Now it's much lighter weight than RDI for sure, but it is a desktop application. Maybe that'll change someday. I don't know, um, but that's how it is right now. So there's, um, um, this is this is a very, uh, the the, the methodology, the idea behind VS Code is a very lightweight, configure, configurable interface. Um, everything is um, keyboard driven, 
Uh, you never really have to even use the mouse for the for the real keyboard uh, addicts out there. It's it's a quick interface. Everything is based around the F1 key, which is the command palette. Basically, this gives you a, a series of commands that you can run, right? So instead of menu options to do a bunch of actions, you would do F1 and you would type something like compile and there would be a compile option or different compile options. Or you could type um, IBM and see all of the IBMI developer commands that are there available. And you can kind of notice this caret, I'm sorry, the, the greater than sign, right? So this means it's a command. And if I take that away, I can type just file names. Ooh, I didn't mean to do that. Stay on the page, stay on the page. <laughs> um, this is one of the things with, with browsers you have to be careful with. Uh, but anyway, so this, this would show me the list of all the files in there that have the ART in it versus when I have the greater than where I'm actually typing the command. Can I back you up again? Sure. So you're showing us different source member names where so those are those are residing on locally on ibmi these are not in git is that right no no okay so so okay so i i just wanted to kind of give you kind of an overview of what um of what fia is just kind of show you that everything is kind of keyboard driven and, and how it's how it's um how it's positioned in the market so it's kind of like notepad plus plus on steroids it's kind of in between basically notepad and visual and RDI, right? So the idea is, is it's not really a superpower tool. It's more about superpower editor that, that you can use. And I'll, I'll, I'm gonna kind of go over kind of the terminology. I just, I just wanna kind of give you an idea of what okay. it actually, how it's, how it's actually, um, you know, I, I think positioned within the, within the marketplace. So let me, let me kind of go over some of the terminology. So, so, okay, so this is this is the editor, right? So these are different source members that you've seen before. Um, you've got kind of this activity bar over here on this far left, which which is very much RDI-ish, and you would call these things in RDI, you would call them perspectives. Unfortunately, they call them views in, in VS Code or in FIA, um, but these are kind of perspectives, different ways to look at the, at the data, I guess is, is the best way to describe it. And then you've got different panels down here, which um, would show you different things, problems and output and all those kinds of things. So um, inside of that workspace, inside of this explorer perspective, this is the main perspective. Um, this is much like RSE, Remote Systems Explorer, if you've, if you've used it from inside of um, RDI. And what happens is when you start VS Code, when you start Thea, <laughs> when you start Thea, there is this Che workspace that will be initially empty. And what we've done is we've actually imported source from a GitHub repository into your workspace. Now this workspace again is in OpenShift. It's not anywhere local, right? So this, this workspace is virtual. It's not on my PC and it contains source and it contains all, all of my, um, you know, all of my RPG source, all of my DDS source, right? I can double click on these members, all the things that you would think um, normal modifications would do all within my workspace. I really don't understand that. Anyway, um, there's also another node, right? So the, the Che workspace is something that comes built into FIA. Now the IBMI Project Explorer is an extension. If you're familiar with VS Code, these are called V6 extensions. And this is an extension that basically adds a different little node into your Explorer um, perspective view that is IBMI specific. 
And so here, what it's saying is it's kind of found that source, right? So I could have multiple projects in my workspace. I only actually have one, one project, but I could have multiple projects in my workspace. And this thing would find different versions, right? So I've only got one project inside of here that it's found that it knows is a Merlin project. And because it knows it's a Merlin project, it's got this little IBMI node. We basically link a specific IBMI. That was the thing that we showed in the other picture to the um, to the uh, to the project, and then we can we can have some queries. These are like filters, basically filters that that allow you to do lists of objects, variables, and some other things. Some variables allow me to define which libraries I want to compile into. And then we've also, so, and then if you enable the RCAD stuff, there's also an RCAD node. And this has um, what we call applications inside of them and versions inside of them. And these are ways to group those applications um, inside of your project. And I should mention also the RCAD stuff is, is there. If you buy Merlin, it's free. It is no additional expense. So um, you can continue to use it and it adds a bunch of power on top of the base functionality and that's why it's there. So it does some things, it does some smart compiles, it can do some um, relationships, we can do some things with um, cross-reference all built into here um, because, because, the, because that integration is immediately available. So Andrew, um, uh, Andrew a question. So add mm -hmm. a couple of things I, I wanted to point out because there's some things going on in the chat that I know you know, you know yeah, why, but uh, there's a comment in there saying, from the overview page mentioned above, there are there's a there are links to a set of YouTube videos showing how to get started on this. So okay. just some people yep. know about that. Yep. That's true. Yep. Right. And the other, there's another comment here that VS Code does run in a browser. Code Spaces Git Pod Code Server. Right. Well, yes, you can sort of. Okay. Well, I'm just just reading what's <laughs> uh, in the chat. So okay. yes, I mean you can with with some other extensions. Uh, out of the box, no VS Code does not run in a browser. You have to. You have to manipulate it a little bit, but that's fine. Yep. So, Andrew, there's a lot of stuff, even what you're showing us, uh, once again, a lot of stuff being shown to us at one time. This is really, um, you haven't, you haven't uh, augmented anything. This is an out of, this is once you get this, the OpenShift environment up and running, this is going to be a typical experience. I mean, everything yep. you're showing us is, in, is out of the box included in, 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 the, in Merlin, right? Right, right. So, so yeah, so here's a good place to pause before I go into some of the details, you know, showing you some stuff in the editor. If there are questions about kind of that part in general, if, if there's stuff that's come up. Okay, so why don't we, why don't we actually ask, does anybody have any questions so far? I mean, this is, <laughs> this is definitely drinking through the fire hose, but uh, any questions so far, be it in the chat or you want to ask them out loud? Uh, somebody, okay. uh, does, does uh, Merlin include the full ARCAD observer product? Yes, it does. And, and that's kind of what I'm showing you right here. So you've, you've got it built in. So if you, if you make a change inside of a version, you can see the relationships, right? So this is showing you, this is a, um, so essentially this is showing you all the relationships, right? This is everything that uses this physical file. And from here, I can, I can drill down into these different objects and see relationships and, and those kinds of things. So all of this is, is there automatically out of the box. You don't have to use ARCAD. You can use Bob, which is the other integration point that they've got. Or you could use any other thing that you really feel like um, inside any any other tooling that you really want. But really, Bob and ARCAD are the two, are the two build engines behind the scenes that, that are available straight out of the box. So I think you've answered the next question, which I guess received. And, and that is, can are other VS Code extensions, can they be installed into this environment? No. 
So IBM, so this is controlled through OpenShift and the way that they've got it set up now, you can't, you can't, <laughs> you can't uh, install other extensions. But I assume that they're going to add other extensions to the marketplace. And also, I should say that um, when you start up this workspace, so this this is kind of the this is the engine or the um, you know this is the workbench I would call it. This is a list of all of my workspaces. This is the one that's active that I'm actually showing you. But there's lots of other workspaces that I've been working with inside of here. And if I add one, if I can, if I do this custom workspace, you can see that there's lots of different kinds of workspaces. So the base one is the IBM I developer one that we're talking about here, which is um, RPG, LE, CL, command enabled, obviously. But there's other ones here as well, right? So you can, you can kind of mix and match. You can have a, a, a mix of different environments. All this stuff is is all is all available right from from within this workspace automatically so um is that does that answer your question is that what you were asking i think so uh, there is one more question here that that um is that uh, i'm i'm being asked again it's a private question I'll, I'll just i'm going to paraphrase it but the question is is this intended i guess for the existing developers who are out there or is it for people for younger developers who are new to the platform perhaps or who who's the who is the targeted audience for Merlin today? Well, well, okay. So, so VS Code, without doubt, if you go off, go and look, is the most used, most um, most modern of the new age um, development environments. So, if you go out there, if new people are coming out of college, they've used VS Code, right? Or if you are a power developer and you appreciate some of the things that VS Code does then you can continue to, to do that same framework there. So as far as the editor is concerned, that's who, really who is tailored to. Now, the yes, you're existing, right? So if your existing developer um, can, can, can use VS Code today, um, I would still consider RDI kind of the, the, the flagship, right? So it's got years of plugins that are, that are installed inside of it. But it's also very heady, and it's basically Java-based. Um, so, so there are some downsides to it, but it does things that Merlin doesn't do. So, so I'm just going to kind of show you some of the things, right? So, this, if you're familiar with VS Code, this is kind of a this is kind of a retread. But these are some nice things, right? So, the editor itself has these nice things like this mini map up here, right? This is yeah, I don't know if you can really see it at resolution, but it's a really tiny version of the code, and you can just kind of you know go position directly to it and if there are red lines, like there's a red squiggly here, right? You can kind of see that on there and you can go directly to those places. So, so real nice stuff like that. Um, the formatting, obviously you can see that it's RPG uh, intelligent. It knows everything about RPG and there's a bunch of preferences, right? So you can open the preferences and inside of here, inside of the IBM I developer preferences, you can find a lot of defaults for how you want to do the indentation. And it's got, Right now, the two indentation, um, sorry, the two formatting levels that it works on are actually SQL and RPGLE. So it's got kind of SQL formatting different than the RPGLE formatting. So right inside of here, if I have an SQL statement, then all of that stuff is formatted on um, 
you know, directly inside of your source, you know, uh, this is, this is unfortunately using dynamic SQL, so it's, it's not great, but if you've got embedded um, static SQL, all that will be formatted nicely for you. It also knows about DDS, right? So if it's, I'm sorry, this is, that's my relationship. It knows about DDS, right? So, and it's got some intelligent tabbing and all those kinds of things that allow you to do um, some of the same stuff inside of your environment. 